So today I have the pleasure of introducing our speaker. Izzy is the director of CSS, and he's also our sponsor for Juntos. And he's going to talk a little about Hispanic Heritage Month, but I just encourage y'all, if y'all haven't had a chance to just come out to Juntos meeting or any of the events we're planning this month for Hispanic Heritage Month, we think you'll have a lot of fun just celebrating the diversity that we're trying to create. So here's Izzy. Well, good morning. My name is Isaias Miranda, and I'm the director at the Center for Student Success. Today, I'm going to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month and what it means to me. I'm uh, thankful to Josh and the chapel committee for asking me uh, to share about this topic. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, my wife, Cammie, who was going to be here, but we have two little boys, and so sometimes it's hard to get them out of the house. But I'm thankful for all um, the support she gives me in everything I do. But each year, Americans observe National Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15th to October 15th. And um, this started in 1968. Originally, it was Hispanic Heritage Week uh, under President Lyndon B. Johnson. And then it was expanded to a whole month under, Ronald President, uh, under President Ronald Reagan in 1988. And so it um, is a, a full month. Um, but this is a time where we celebrate the histories, cultures, and contributions of people whose ancestors come from Hispanic or Latin American countries. Some of the countries included are Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Cuba, uh, Dominican Republic, or La República Dominicana, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Paraguay, Peru, Puerto Rico, Spain, Uruguay, and Venezuela. A lot of different countries, a lot of uh, different backgrounds and beliefs. But whenever we hear, um, here in the United States, we often hear the terms Hispanic or Latino uh, when we talk about people whose ancestors came from one of these countries. The term Hispanic can be used when referring to somebody who whose ancestors came from a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, the term Latino or Latina refers to somebody whose ancestors came from a Latin American country. However, um, there may be first-generation immigrants, like my parents, or among you, there may be some international students or people who, who are very closely tied to their country of origin, and they rather be um, identified by their country of origin. So some people may say, I'm Bolivian or Colombian. In their native language, they may say, soy boliviano, or colombiano, or puertorriqueño. Soy boricua. I, I am aware that in, in this room, uh, there may be a lot of people who just say, hey, I'm an American, and that's fine. I, I feel like um, my kids may be in this boat to where um, they get to um, being older, and they just say, yeah, I'm an American. But far back, my, my, my grandparents, my great-grandparents came from Mexico. And, and that's a blessing, to, to be in this country, to be an American, but to be proud of our roots. So a, a person's heritage or nationality may be very important to them. So I just encourage you, sometimes when you're talking to people about their heritage or their culture, it's okay to ask and, and see what, they, what term they prefer um, to be used when talking about their culture or their heritage. Hispanic Heritage Month is important to me 
because I consider myself Mexican-American, Hispanic, Latino. I kind of fall in, in all of those, but I'm very proud of my roots. So this morning, I want to share a little bit about my family, the values they passed along to me, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about different cultures and how some Hispanic cultures differ. My parents, Socorro and Barbara Miranda, came to the U.S. in the late 1980s from uh, Cuauhtémoc, Chihuahua, Mexico, and they settled down in Portales, New Mexico. I learned a lot of things from my parents, um, but one of the first things that I want to talk about today is hard work. My dad has always had physically demanding jobs, and I've always seen him work hard to provide for my family. And I remember one time he took me to work with him, and he worked at a dairy at that time. And I remember going to work like at four in the morning, and I stayed asleep in the truck till the sun came up, and then I, I went to work with him. And I, I had a lot of fun bringing the cows in from the pens to be milked. But I remember um, seeing how hard he worked. I also remember him telling me to value education. Being a dairy worker is not a bad occupation. My dad provided for our family. But my dad did not want me to have to work hard or in, in a physically demanding job. And so he always encouraged me to value education. So I'm grateful for my dad's example of hard work. I'm also, I also learned about honoring family. And that's another important lesson I learned. My dad was the youngest in his family. And so because of this, he was closer to my, my grandparents. So I was able to spend a lot of time with my abuelo Jose and my abuela Elvira. And this was great for me because I was able to, to have all that quality time with them. However, as my grandparents got older, it was a lot more work to take care of them. Uh, my abuelo Jose passed away earlier this year. Um, but prior to him passing away, he battled with Alzheimer's. So I, I saw how my mom and my dad cared for my um, for my grandpa, and how even after he was in a nursing home, they went as much as they could to make sure he was taken care of. So even in the rough times, I, I appreciate how my mom and my dad um, took care of my grandpa. So these were two things, hard work and honoring family, are, are all things that maybe you see in your family as well, regardless of culture or tradition. But my parents did pass along some uh, cultural traditions that I enjoy today. So I enjoy listening to Mexican music, whether that's Norteño music or uh, mariachi music. Um, lately, I also even enjoy a little bit of Tex-Mex, which is, you know, Norteño music that has kind of come over to the U.S. Um, but I enjoy that. Growing up, my dad played the accordion at church, and I have an accordion today, and maybe I need to uh, pull it out and learn a, a melody or two so I can pass that along to my kids. I enjoy Mexican food, um, specifically Mexican food that's typical in northern Mexico, in the region of Chihuahua. So at home, there was always some sort of jalapeno, whether it's fresh jalapeno or pickled jalapeno um, or salsa. And so I like spicy food just because that is what we had at home. I, uh, I remember my mom, when I was younger, she used to make homemade tortillas every night. And there's nothing better, if you know, than, than spreading a little butter and sprinkling some salt on a freshly made tortilla and, and having a little late-night snack. Uh, also, uh, in Chihuahua, where my parents are from, there is, a, um, there is a Mennonite community, and they make really good 
cheese. And so I don't know if you've ever heard of queso menonita, but that's probably the best cheese for making quesadillas. So if you're ever in the store, sometimes you can see uh, queso de chihuahua or chihuahuan cheese, um, but that's the best. It's kind of like a mozzarella cheese, but it's, it's great for making quesadillas. So these are all great things that my parents have passed along. Um, however, the most important things I feel, the most important thing that I feel my parents have passed along to me was their faith in Jesus. When I think about a passage from Deuteronomy uh, 6.9, it reminds me of this. I'm going to go ahead and, and read Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Verse 7 instructs us to pass along this to our children. So I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And I hope that one day I can pass along culture, whether that's music, a little bit of language. Um, you know, I hope they know about you know, Abuelo José and Abuela Elvira and Socorro and Barbara. And I hope they appreciate that part of their culture. But at the end of the day... Uh, my prayer for them is that they come to know Jesus in a personal way. And that's, one of the reasons, that's the biggest thing that my parents passed along, is faith in Jesus. And so that's, that's my experience. But I, I just want to briefly share how diverse, um, the Hispanic, um, how diverse Hispanic cultures can be. Here in West Texas, um, whenever we think of Hispanic food, a lot of times we think of Tex-Mex or Mexican food. And I always get this question. You know, I always get the question of, is that really authentic or is that really real when talking about a, a Tex-Mex or a, a Mexican restaurant? And I really don't know the answer. I'm like, I start giving answers like, well, my family does it this way or I've heard that there's another recipe over here. Um, but at the end of the day, whether it's Tex-Mex or authentic Mexican food, it's delicious food, right? I think about Chewy's, and they have the creamy jalapeno dip. Whether it's authentic or more Tex-Mex, it's still delicious. I also think about my friend, David. Amen. Yeah, I heard that over here. So uh, I have two friends, David and Andres, and they came to LCU, but they're from Colombia and Venezuela. Arepas are a, a common food in their country. So arepas are these... Um, corn cakes that they make, and they, um, they cut them open, and they stuff them with uh, meat or ham or cheese or avocado, and it's, sometimes they're savory and sometimes they're sweet. It just depends what um, country uh, people may be from, um, but what I remember most from, from that experience when they sh shared those arepas with me was how excited they were to um, share that food with me, how excited they were for me to taste a little bit of their culture. Um, and, I, you know, I can keep talking about tamales, empanadas, paella, buñuelos, arroz, or uh, arroz con leche, um, and all these other foods, but I'll keep it short. That way we can get to lunch um, pretty quickly. So another aspect of Hispanic heritage is music. You know, there's salsa, merengue, cumbia, mariachi, Bachata, reggaeton, Latin jazz, vallenato, 
flamenco, boleros. There's different kinds of music. But this morning, I just want to highlight a, a Dominican artist named Juan Luis Guerra. So if you're interested in music and you are curious, his name is Juan Luis Guerra. And um, he sings bachata and merengue. And he's known for making bachata known worldwide. So he has songs like Ojalá Que Llueva Café, which stands for I Hope It Rains Coffee, or Mi Bendición, which means My Blessing. Both of those songs are two that I love a whole lot. And so if you're interested in, in, in music, you know, just go to Spotify and, and, and do a quick search. Juan Luis Guerra or Ricardo Arjona or um, even Shakira, some of those people that you kind of hear more, more popular uh, and, and listen to the, the music and the culture that comes along with that. Um, so one last thing that I want to highlight, and then uh, I'll wrap up. But uh, um, a thing that's unique in Hispanic culture is language. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of Hispanic and Latin American countries speak Spanish, um, and there's that commonality. But every, um, you know, every region, every country has their own vocabulary, their own slang. And so one of my favorite things is talking to other Spanish speakers and hearing, you know, their accent, hearing some words that they use. And sometimes it's just fun. I'm like, I don't know what that word is, but that's not how we use it in my country. And so it's just, it's just neat and, and beautiful. Um, but, you know, there are other things, celebrations, religious beliefs, customs, value, values, cultural uh, attire. Uh, there's a lot of different things that make us unique. So I could be here for a while if I continue talking about that. But we live in a diverse society, and I encourage you, to ask questions. I encourage you to be uh, curious about those people around you. Maybe it's a classmate. Uh, maybe it's somebody you see at church all the time or a professor. And get to know them. Get to know each other. It, it starts with a simple question like, hey, what kind of music do you like? Or how do you celebrate the holidays? Or tell me a little bit about your family. So, you know, I know that I focused on Hispanic heritage and, and shared a little bit about my story this morning. Um, but that's only one group of God's creation. We are all different and unique. But, we, but what we all have in common is that we are created, that we are all created by God Almighty. I think of Genesis 127, which says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. When we are able to celebrate one another, we are admiring and appreciating God's creation. As the psalmist writes in Psalm 139, 13 and 14, he says, and he's speaking, expressing this to God, he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So I thank you for giving me your time and attention this morning. And I hope that as you leave this place, you are reminded that you are God's creation. You are unique and you are love. So go enjoy Ducky Day. You're dismissed.